Are you a parent having a tough day? Wondering if what you're doing is even sticking, if your kids are hearing it, uh, if it's possible to pass along the Catholic faith. This video, we talk a lot about preparing our kids for the sacrament, handing down the faith through generations. It was a great encouragement to my heart. I pray that it may encourage you in this incredible and heroic path that we are on raising little saints. And we get to sit down with Jackie and Bobby Angel and just hear so much insight, uh, so much advice that is truly good for the heart. So all that and more coming up next. Hey everyone, welcome to the Catholic Link Show. We're your hosts, Drew and Katie Taylor, and we pray this time will be your link to living the faith like never before. And we are super excited to have Jackie and Bobby Angel on the show who are going to talk all about how we can prepare our children for the sacraments. And so Jackie and Bobby, welcome. Hi, thanks for having us, you guys. Yeah, good to be here. For those of you guys who don't know Jackie and Bobby, so Jackie is a international speaker, songwriter, uh, wife, and now expecting their fifth child here on earth. And Bobby is has a lot of experience in youth and young adult ministry, teaching uh, boys, as well as he has his master's in uh, from the Augustine Institute, also known as the AI to the cool kids. If we found that out recently. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's let's get into it because I think that uh, Katie and I, one of our biggest concerns, as well as a lot of our listeners, is um, we didn't grow up Catholic, and so uh, when you look at the research, as far as Pew Research has done um, some studies, PRI just came out with one recently about. Uh, how people are leaving the faith. Uh, over 50% of millennials who are baptized no longer practice their faith. And so we don't know what it looks like to be able to pass on the faith to the next generation. And so I feel like we're just kind of making it up as we go. So what would be your guys' biggest piece of advice for uh, youth or young adult, young families who are just authentically trying to pass on this faith, this gift that we've been given to our children? Yeah, there was a book that came out recently. I can't remember the title, but essentially it was like, what keeps kids in the faith they grew up in? It wasn't even necessarily just Catholic or it was kind of like, what keeps kids in their faith? And the two things that I remember that stood out to me, it said that parents are authoritative, but warm. Because if you have one that goes way, you write like, oh, we're just going to let our kids decide what religion they're going to be or, you know, or you have the other way where parents, it's all about the rules and not a relationship, I think. Um, some, some pastor said this that, you know, back in the, the 20th century, um, said rules, rules without relationship equals rebellion. And, and so the two things that really stood out, is like authoritative, but warm. And so for us as parents, it's like, yeah, we, we want to live our faith. We, we model our faith more as caught than taught is another thing. Like our kids see us. They see the love that we have for Jesus. And um, obviously they they don't get a choice. Like, I don't want to go to mass this week. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to go to mass either. And, and like, also like having great conversations with our kids, but our our kids were are seeing us in our relationship with you. They're seeing their dad pray the liturgy of the hours. They're seeing mom read the Bible. They're seeing our love for the Lord. And to me, as a former youth minister and someone who's been in ministry for 20 years with high schoolers and middle schoolers, 
for me, the the thing that was like the hardest was seeing kids who were sent to private schools, but their parents weren't living it at home. So these kids like absolutely know when mom and dad aren't living what my school is teaching me. And those were the hardest kids. Those were absolutely the hardest kids because they hated religion. They hated God because they're like, I'm learning this, but at home, my parents are not showing, they're like completely living a, an opposite life, right? So we we try to model our faith as much as possible. And obviously in the end, our kids have free will. Um, but knowing that having a father, that also as a woman, as a mom is also annoying. Like the dad being the, like in all these studies, like it's not the, it's not necessarily the mom's faith, but so often if, if the dad is not practicing or if he is practicing is such a huge indicator of whether the kids will practice their faith. I'd say to anyone listening, be encouraged. Yeah. Um, God's grace covers a multitude of sins. And to the extent that we weren't equipped, we feel equally more like, I have no idea what I'm doing. How can I possibly raise my children in the faith? Um, take a deep breath. God's grace is here. Um, and they're watching us. And if we're trying to take it seriously, if we're stumbling uphill, they'll be with us. They'll be watching us. They see like, this is important to mom and dad. So, Okay. And I have questions and we don't need to know all the answers either. Um, we can say, that's a great question. Let's figure it out together. If we don't know the answer to why does the church teach what she teaches on this? Why do we do this? Why is this part of the mass? It, it's a, always a learning moment that we can use. Um, and so have, have hope, take a deep breath. Like even if we haven't been given the model, we can create a holy family of our own. Yeah. And I think for us too, it's learning kind of a, a lot of times, like I wasn't raised in a very Catholic household and I had a conversion in my own Catholic faith at 18. And, and so now learning, like even just talking about preparing our kids for first reconciliation, um, my parents, I'm, I'm sure most of us, our parents never apologized to us or never asked, never modeled what it looks like to ask for forgiveness. And so even the two of us are trying to, you know, when we mess up, we want our kids to know like, we're not perfect. And we both are, we both love psychology and we're learning more about attachment theory and how one of the most important things is like the repair, right? Like, so even if you mess up as a parent, one of the most important things is the repair. And so asking like when I blow up at my kids, because when you have kids who are under the age of reason, they are crazy. They, I mean, like they are unreasonable. They're unreasonable. <laughs> and yeah. turns out, yeah. And turns out like their little emotions can Whew, their defiance, the, um, the, the, right now we're dealing with the constant bickering, the, um, it just can drive you nuts. So, I mean, we lose our cool. And so even for our kids to say, for us to say to them, like, I'm sorry, I yelled at you. I'm sorry, I blew up. Will you forgive me? And they are, so we're not only just teaching the, the siblings how to say, I'm sorry, I did this. I will not like, I won't do that. in the you know, I won't do it again. Will you forgive me? And for the siblings to say, I forgive you. We're, we're modeling that to our children and we are apologizing. So I feel like so many of us, a lot of times in so many areas of our faith, whether it's sexuality, whether it's reconciliation, forgiveness, like our parents didn't talk to us about certain things. And so now that we know them, like, we're like, we want to talk to our kids about these things. We want to be open. We have, we want to Nothing is off limits. Like we want to model this. And especially when it comes to reconciliation, forgiveness, like we want to model that we aren't perfect and we also need their forgiveness. So I, I think we're in it, especially when you weren't raised Catholic, like, or you weren't raised like in a good Catholic home. Like it's worse. We have this advantage of, we know what we wish we would have had. 
And so now we can give that to our kids. Yeah, I think that that's such a good – so many good things there <laughs> as far as like letting them watch you live that out and then what you guys are saying as far as that teaching the apology. I think that as we've seen through the grace of the sacrament, we get to practice saying sorry to the Lord, but then we also get to practice that at home and what difference that makes in our awareness um, – yeah, just to our impact and that ability to, to repair. And so I, as we prepare our kids for the sacraments, especially for reconciliation and first communion, are there other advices of practically how we like, I don't know, get them ready to walk in there (laughs) and like have a good experience? Yeah. What do you, do you want to go? No, you go. <laughs> I'm the I'm sorry. I'm the extrovert in the relationships. I'm like and introvert. I'm, I'm happy to. You want to you want to say something first? No, nope. uh, no, I don't. I mean, we so yeah. Full disclosure: Bobby was in campus ministry and youth ministry since college, and I have me as well. So we love we love these conversations with our kids. I love when the kids are the age of reason. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. They are asking such good questions. Um, you know, they have like all these little questions and we love these conversations. We love having these conversations at lunch, at dinner and about just everything. Like one of our, our little seven-year-old, I think it was like a couple years ago, she's a little curly redhead. She was like, what is human? And so we just had a conversation about like the difference between angels and animals and human beings and, and soul and body. To it. And they're just like, oh, okay. Um, but one thing is as parents, especially preparing for the sacraments is we always want them to know it's all about a relationship with Jesus and how much God loves them. And so we just use different analogies and different stories that bring it to their level of understanding. Um, so in one situation, like we want our kids to know God loves them and we love them not because of what they do, but because of who they are. Because so many of us were raised in an achievement-based love and our parents never meant to do that, but that's what we like when we like our parents were happy when we were achieving and we were good little boys and girls and they were disappointed or sad when we were not. And so our parents may have never outright said it. I mean, sometimes they do. Sometimes parents do outright say like, I wish you were like your brother or I wish you were like your sister. And we have really a wounds from that. But as if parents are the first model of God's love, like we're supposed to show our children God's love. Like we want to make sure our kids know we don't love you because of what you do, but because of who you are. And so we, I learned this from our friend, Mike Gormley, Gomer, and he was like, he would tell his kids like, why do I love you? And they would respond like, because I'm your daughter, because I'm your son. And so we've started doing that. And, and and then we say, then I say like, do I love you because you're good at math? And they're like, no. I'm like, do I love you because you're good at piano? No. Why do I love you? Because you're my, I'm your daughter. I'm like, that's right. I love you because of who you are. And this really hit home one time when our, our little Zaylee, who is now seven, but she, her tantrums were off the charts. Like kicking, screaming. Oh, Lord of mercy. I mean, uh, yeah, it just like off the charts. And one time I went in her room. So our first didn't have tantrums like this. Our second did. And um, I went to her room and I sat next to her. I said, Zaylee, why do I love you? And she goes, because I'm your daughter. And I said, Zaylee, do I love you even when you do bad things? And she went, hmm. <laughs> she didn't know. And it made me so sad. Like, oh my gosh. I said, Zaylee, I love you even when you do bad things. I said, now, obviously, I want you to do good things and I don't want you to punch your brother in the face. You know, like, like obviously, <laughs> we need to learn some better coping mechanisms for our anger and our sad, you know. And, and 
it's, it's okay to be feel let's punch a pillow instead, you know, but she just, I said, I, I said, mommy and daddy love you even when you do bad things. And she took this like, like breath of relief because she is such a deep feeler. And she kind of had this thought, like when I'm in trouble, mommy and daddy stop loving me. And I think that's why her tantrums were so crazy was because she, and I, after that, I realized, oh my gosh, okay. Like she needs to know, like, we don't stop loving her when she, you know, does something that a behavior that's bad. Right. So we want to make sure like our kids know that even God, because so many of us as Catholics really still think, still think, I meet 85 year olds who still think they have, they have to earn God's love and that they can lose God's love. And that's not true. They like, if I do more rosaries, if I go to more masses, I can earn more of God's love. And God loves me more than the sinner over there. It's like, nope, that's not how God, God's love is unconditional. And Romans 5, 5 says, God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even in our worst, most shameful sin, he loves us just as much in that moment than as when we're at mass, when we're at adoration, when he'd just gone confession. And so many Catholics, we just, we have learned achievement-based love and thinking we can earn God's love, which means we can lose. So as parents, we're trying to model that like with our own children, like we love you no matter what. Now, obviously we want the good for you. We want, because we know that leads to freedom. We know that leads to happiness. Um, but we still love you even in those times that you mess up because that's God. That's what God does. He loves us even in those times that we make mistakes. And that it is above all about relationship. Yeah. And for me, that was life changing late in high school when I really had my wake up moment in the faith was it's not just about checking the box on Sundays, following the rules. It's a moral code. It's a living dynamic love story God is inviting us into. And so it's not about going into a box of shame and telling the priest what I've done. It's about like, I want to repair this relationship. Like there's the healthy guilt of like, oh, I know I screwed up. I know it's something wrong. I just got to go and say, I'm sorry. And the more we can model that within the family, the less scary it is in the context of reconciliation. Like literally like reconcilia, like back to be eyelash to eyelash with our beloved. And so now our, we're at the stage where we can bring our kids with us to confession. So they'll see me go in first and then they can follow. So they're like, yeah. again, if dad goes, if dad tries to go regularly, then that's even more like, this is just kind of what we do. It's not like I've done it once and I won't go for 30 or 40 or 50 years. Yeah, our two oldest daughters just made their first reconciliation in January, and now they're preparing for the first communion in May. And again, this is going to be an ongoing conversation because our kids are little squirrels. Even at mass, you know, they they still are like, Ooh, you know, especially like our more sanguine, outgoing one. She's very squirrely. Um, she's looking around the pews like she's seeing all her like, buddies. Like, friends, friends. Yeah, it's like, so it's not, it's, yeah, it's not going to be like, oh, she's going to receive her first communion and then be just like St. Therese, you know, she'll be perfect little saint. Slain in the beatific vision. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe. So maybe, maybe who knows. Um, but just to constantly <laughs> remind them why we're here. And I, I have a little, before mass, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask them, okay, like just to prep them again, to bring them back. Like you guys, why do we go to mass? And they're like, to say, thank you. I'm like, yeah. Cause you, the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. And why are we saying thank you? And they're like, cause Jesus died for us. And I said, why did he die for us? Like, like, because he's saving it he, to save us from our sins. And I said, and why did he do that? Because he wants to spend eternity with us in heaven because he loves us. You know, just to, just to like remind him why we go to mass is not to be entertained, and 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 also to admit like yeah sometimes mass even for me is boring like because they they're like 
mass is boring. I'm like, that's okay. Mass is not about you. Like, it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. Like the whole point is like, this is the sacrifice. We're coming to thank Jesus for his sacrifice, for laying down his life for us. And, and I know I get distracted. I mean, we're human, right? So just, it's funny when you admit that to your kids are like, oh, really? Like, you know, like it was kind of like the time that I admitted, I was like, you know, I told my kids like, you know what? I wish I could eat all the time. And they're like, what broccoli? And I was like, no candy. I just want to eat candy in their faces. (gasps) Like they were scandalous. And I said, I said, if I could eat chocolate and candy all day, I would. I said, but I would be sick. Like, it's not good for me. And so they just, it's so funny when you admit like you as well as a parent are also human. Like you also get bored. You also get distracted and that's okay. It's a human thing. And this is what we do. I mean, so it's, it's good for us to model that and to have these little conversations that like, right. That we aren't just like, like levitating when we're at mass, which would be pretty cool. I wish I, I pray for, I'm like, Lord, am I levitating yet? Is it happening? No. <laughs> Can we get most there? of the times. Yeah. Most of the times we're chasing a screaming two-year-old. Uh, uh, in yeah. yeah. And the last, the last thing I'll say on that is I had the thought of, there's a family I know that they always go out to ice cream after they go to confession. So they, they try to go to confession as a family and afterwards they go out to ice cream to convey like, this is a joyful thing. And we're all now like, whole like as holy as we can be for the next 10 minutes. So let's rejoice instead of this scary, um, you know, doom and gloom kind of thing. It's like, no, we're back in in right relationship with God. Let's, let's party. So it becomes associated with a joyful practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point because I, growing up, you know, it's like preparing for your first reconciliation, which was also my last reconciliation from second grade till 18. And so the reality of walking back into confession at 18 was so hard. Like it, yes, I had received this sacrament, but I hadn't received it in a regular aspect to grow in my faith, to practice that. And so what a difference it makes when we aren't preparing them for a reconciliation. We are preparing them for a lifetime Mm -hmm. of Mm. this grace, a lifetime of encounter, a lifetime of relationship, of continuing to grow in depth there. And this difference of my sins bring me to desire relationship rather than to run away and hide. And they bring it to the light rather than I am so bad no, like you are not bad. You made bad choices. And that there's a substantial difference in that, that you're innately good. And I think that that, as you guys just kind of talking that through to just remind us that again, it's not a one-time thing that we're preparing them for. And they're probably not going to levitate right after the words. (laughs) And they're probably going to be the same... difficult <laughs> child behaviors that we've seen before it may or may not. I mean, the Lord can do all things. God willing, his grace permeates. But the reality that, um, yeah, it's just, it's grace is going to build upon that nature and we're just going to have to continue to plant those seeds like we are with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, man, there was so much to unpack there. I, I think what stood out to me, Bobby, is what you guys were saying about relationship is, like so many of the Catholic Church's rules and things that we have to do, if you just frame it in the in the form of a relationship, it's like, you know, why do we go to church once a week? It's like, well, you know, if you, 
do you have a best friend? Like, do you want to talk to them twice a year? No, you know, like that if you, if you, um, if you put things in the perspective or the lens of a relationship, um, talking about to your kids about the relationship between their mom and daddy or between them, then things just start to make so much more sense. Why do we have to go confess our sins? It's because we need to repair that relationship. Um, and I, I think, you know, maybe that's just a huge piece of what um, our peers, our, our cultures, the people who grew up Catholic but are no longer practicing it are missing is they don't see it as this relationship with a true and living God. Our, our faith is, is not about rules or practices. It's about an encounter with the living Christ. And, and once you experience that, like you go away changed. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't, there, there's just a lot of, um, you know, it, and especially when we'll talk here about, about the Eucharist quite a bit too. And when you realize this gift that, that God has given you, you end up, really being like St. Peter, where you're like, Lord, to whom else, to where else should we go? Like, to whom shall we go? Like this, you have the words, of, have the words of eternal life. Like this is the body and blood of Christ. Um, and so I think that's so important. Um, one, of, one of the things that, again, I think is really cool in, in the age that we're living in is um, versus when, when we were young, um, I feel like there weren't really a, a lot of resources. And you look at our parents' generations who weren't catechized very well at all. Um, even when we were growing up, like e things like um, Catholic answers or there were th these little um, things that were propping up lighthouse Catholic media CDs were like the jam, you know, it was like, that's what I, that's what I had in high school yes. to figure out what the Catholic back, faith was. Cause I didn't back know. when our, back when our cars had CD players. That's yeah. right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, but there are so many resources and just so many cool things Uh to help you if you don't feel like you were catechized very well. So can you yeah. guys talk a little bit about um, the Ascension programs that you guys worked on? Like what, what are you excited about for those? What are they for our listeners who haven't heard about them? Yeah, so Ascension, we just uh, participated in their new program for, called Renewed and Received. Renewed is for First Reconciliation and Received is for First Communion. And yeah, I... I Googled and read my way to my faith. Like, <laughs> like what you just like Catholic answers. I was like, what does the church teach wow. about that? Like really? Yeah. So I'm so grateful to be in this time where we have so many resources and Ascension. What was cool is like, they, they wanted to do a program that helped form the leaders, the catechists, and then also help form parents because so many of us know parents often will drop their kids off at faith formation and the parent, and this is the problem, if the parents aren't living it at home, it's really not going to make a big difference. It's maybe a little, but but the parents also learning their faith is so huge. So Ascension created a video series for the kids going through First Reconciliation, First Communion, and they essentially follow this family um, where their, their daughter Felicity is going through these sacraments and we had our kids watch it because we're like, okay, we want to see like real, real time. Like what do our kids think about these videos? They're like five, five minute videos. There's 12 per each sacrament. Right. And our kids thought they were laughing. Our two-year-old was giggling. I mean, they were like, oh, you know, they're, we were just watching their little faces and I was like, Bobby, look at their, like, it was so cute. Cause, and they were like, can we watch more of these videos? So it's neat because a parish could use this particular faith formation. Like a parish could use the videos and the resources for the leaders and the parents. Like the leaders have to get a certification. The parents have to get a certification. And Bobby and I were 
involved with the formation for the leaders and the parents. And, um, and so it was like, like there's videos from like father Mike Schmitz talking about the sacraments from sister Josephine Garrett, from us talking about like the practicals, like how do you bring this to the, their level? Right. Um, and, and so we, you could do that at a parish, but you could also do it as a homeschooling family, just as additional. Cause I said, like, what if I, as a parent, I asked Ascension, like, what if I wanted to buy this? Like, how much would that be? And I'm thinking like, normally DVD stuff is like a hundred bucks, whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, it's like 16 bucks per sacrament. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like how, like how fun, like you can do that. And, and right now they're, the resources are, there's a few of them are free. Like they have six videos, I think online on Ascension Press dot com slash rr for renewed and received that they have like six of the videos for the kids that you can watch and preview and they have some of the resources but we wanted to preview them with our kids to see like is this good like you know and of course our kids loved it they asked to watch it yeah no i mean there's animations along with the videos that kind of show you like what's the spiritual dimension that's going on when you're sitting in front of the priest when you're you're stepping up for confession there's a video where the older brother breaks a window and so they've got to like repair the relationship. He has to say, I'm sorry. And our son being all boy, he said that was his favorite video is when the kid broke the window. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that one. <laughs> but it was beautiful because they were giggling throughout. They really wanted to know. And every video has different study questions at the end of it. So as a parent, you can be like, just kind of use the questions to strike up conversation yeah. with your kids. And we asked our kids those questions. So yeah. it was cute to, you to hear their answers but yeah it's really um and they're not cheesy yeah no i mean we're very proud to be part of uh, very proud to be part of this this whole thing and so um it, it, they, they can change based on like whether your parish meets twice a month or twice you know once a week twice a year like that you kind of can fit these particular things in because our parish only does Two, we meet two times with the kids and the parents for reconciliation. Then we meet two times for First Communion. But some parishes meet every week, you know, or have kids go every week. Um, so it just depends the situation. But you can use these resources however however you want. And even if you're homeschooling. So. Yeah. And the, the parent videos, too, they're really geared to, like, a demographic. It's like, I don't really know how to do this. Like, how do I shepherd my children to the sacraments? And so you get encouraging words from Father Mike. You got child psychology tips from Sister Josephine and others. So it is this kind of multi-layered tool to help you feel equipped to walk with your kids towards, as you said, like not just the one and only time they go to confession or have communion. It's like for a lifetime of this relationship with our Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those were things that I loved about the program. So we also got to see it and yeah. to preview it and preview it with our kids, which was super fun as well to watch their reactions and then get to watch the videos. And I would say for parents, just if you need an encouragement of taking your kids to mass and feel like it is hard and whew, like it is just a really good pep talk. Yeah. And like encouraging, like we are invited there. We are supposed to be there. Our children are welcome there. I, we go to daily mass and we're like one of the only kids there. And I often like, it's, it's tough because it's silent. Like there's no music. There's nothing to distract the chaos that is it's my nothing video. To, to muffle the sounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> and just this awareness of like, this is a place of communal prayer, uh, not a place of just silence. And if that's like 
if you think that everyone there is trying to get their silent prayer in, like they need to have a separate time because this is the time that we come together in community in God's house. And like, there is a beauty in that. And I'm realizing more and more as I really get to know some of the older ladies that uh, attend mass with me, like their heart, they have their own crosses right now, like of where their life is and the coming to the end and sicknesses and maybe spouses in I care homes and yet like how joyful they see my children where I see my children as like the disaster zone. And so I think that it was like really nice to just like have that reminder in this program and the importance of catechizing our parents because I will say at 22 when I taught my first catechist class of fourth graders and like I could see the kids that would come in for this hour and wouldn't go to mass afterwards. Ours was before, the hour before, but like it's Palm Sunday, it's too long, like we're going home. And the impact, like I can't, Lord, I'm just here to plant seeds, but like how hard that was as a leader. And so to have a program that not only fills the leader and teaches to how to to have classroom management and teach different learning styles, but then also to really catechize the parents and have the workbook like has car conversations and family activities. And so hoping that this is really brought more in the full conversion of the family, not just the one child that happens to get to go into the chair. But I, and so I was really grateful for those elements. Also as a homeschooling family, we are constantly having these conversations and bringing the faith in different ways. And I think it's easy to get distracted by our math curriculum or our reading curriculum. Like I have to teach you to read, like that is the most. And then you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like The most important thing is teaching you virtue. It's teaching you about the Lord. It's teaching you how to pray. And so how are we incorporating that more into our conversations? And they loved the videos, yeah. loved them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Where, where did you guys find that family? Because I think our kids are like the cutest kids on earth, but Felicity <laughs> might be the second cutest. Yeah. We don't, I don't actually, I don't know where, where they, they found that family. Or... It's, it's top secret. Top secret. Yeah. Apparently yeah. top secret. But yeah, they're adorable. Yeah. And I, yeah, Felicity is super adorable. And I'm just like, oh my, yeah, you're in that state. We're all in that stage. Again, when you have toddlers, when you have kids who are under the age of reason, they are like little drunk people. I mean, it, the, the part of their brain is not formed yet that that has reason. And so yeah. I'm like, it's like taking a squirrel to mass. It's like mm-hmm. taking, and then there are times our kids have meltdowns that you're like, are they demonically possessed right now? Like, are you like, because I, I wanted to put their shoes on, you know? And so <laughs> parents just, if, if there are any parents watching who have kids under the age of reason, like, you're doing great. Hang in there. Like it's, it, this is a, it's a phase. It's a stage. I mean, we're in, we have two kids who are under the age and it's, oh Lord. And they're all different, right? Every kid is different. So they're not going to be like each other. So hang in there. You're doing the best, the best you can. But you know? but it's hard too. If you don't necessarily feel welcome yeah. at your parish or your church, or you, you get the evil eye because your two-year-old is acting like a two-year-old, like... <laughs> You know, this is the sign. A, a crying church is a growing church. Um, and, and so, but what you said was so good about having the perspective of like, you know what, this person that's giving me the eye, like has their own wounds, has their own stuff. Um, and it's more important that we bring our kids to mass and, you know, 
they'll stabilize eventually. Um, <laughs> then, then stay away from the sacraments. Yeah, and even the times when Bobby and I have both had to, like, I think when we had three kids all under the age of reason, you had to take a baby out who was screaming, and then I had to take a toddler out, which meant I had to take the other kid out because they were all. I can't leave that other kid alone yet. Like they're not old enough. <laughs> And there were seasons oh where we had gosh. to, there were, there were seasons we had to split it where I'd go in the morning, Jackie would go like, not ideal, but you kind of, you make do with whatever season you're in. Yeah. You just do your best. You try like, yeah, there, there are just times that you're like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. And yeah, you yeah. do the best you can. Right. Actually, your guys's video blew my mind and breaking down, I think it was canon law on bringing my kids to mass and we bring our kids to mass a, a lot, but there was it was an invitation and we actually really like our date nights to start with the Saturday night mass. And so we'll get a babysitter and then we'll be able to go to dinner afterwards and take advantage of the season where like I don't morally have to take <laughs> some of my children to mass. And that was such a gift to us. It blew my mind at first. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. And then like actually listening to your guys' video was such a gift. So thank you for uh, setting up our date nights. I forgot about that. <laughs> and the, um, yeah, I think that there's just this, the woundedness, um, and realizing that it's a lot of my own wounds of that wanting to earn and my fear and my fear of rejection. You know, I had a woman come up to me after my kids were super rough and I like, she sits close to me. She's never really spoken to me. And I like braced myself for the impact. Like I could feel my entire body. Like, what are you going to say? Like I'm trying my best, you know, <laughs> like type of circumstance and realizing like that's where my heart and my mind is. And she was like, can I hold the baby? Oh, I was like, oh, you're like not here to yell at me. And to realize like a lot of that's my wound of wanting to achieve, my wound of thinking that the love is only dependent upon my kids being perfect and sitting there perfectly still and being in order and doing everything correct. And yet that it is actually a totally different view that people typically have if they even are like distracted by my children. It's a totally different uh, disposition of the heart than what I am prepared for out of my own woundedness. And so allowing the Lord to love me there, allowing the faithful to love me there, like to go, like there is a good in bringing our children to mass regularly and to acknowledge that even when it's a tough mass, that those graces are building. And sometimes I'll see them like a month later and I'll be like, oh, Lord, now that I have some space in this like holy hour alone, I can see the graces from all the masses we've been at that I like didn't really feel necessarily while I was there. So like, thank you, Lord, for pouring those out. Um, and as we prepare our children, I think the more that they get to see our desire and our thirst for the Lord, the more that they thirst for the Lord in turn. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's just important for us as a, as a culture, Catholic culture to recapture the narrative that um, raising young kids is heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard to do and raising them in the faith. And when you take your kids, when you spend 30 minutes trying to find shoes in order to get to mass, like that, you are fighting a, a battle in in the most beautiful way because it's for your children's souls. And so uh, I, I don't know if we can ever encourage young families enough. Keep taking your kids to mass. It's going to yeah. be a disaster. Yeah. That's what the Lord, it's, <laughs> but it's God's house. Like he, he wants that. And, and there's the seeds that you're planting. Um, you're, you probably are not going to see right away, but those are the seeds 
that are going to bear fruit in two, five, 10, 20 years. Yeah, I always tell myself as a reassurance, I tell Bobby, I'm like, someday our kids will all be in their 20s. And we'll all be able to go to mass and we're not going to have to yell because they're hitting each other. I mean, maybe they will, who knows, but like, and we can go to restaurants and they're not going to be having meltdowns. Like it's just, cause I get to see it. Yeah. Like for this, our culture just thinks kids are such a burden that it's not worth it. And I'm like, I personally, like anything that is worth doing is going to require sacrifice. It's going to require suffering. And when you are taking little humans and you're trying to form them in human formation, spiritual formation, all this, it's like, it is, it is a lot of work. I'm like, but toddlers are supposed to be toddlers. Adults, when adults act like toddlers, now that's the problem. <laughs> like, so I'm so grateful at like mass when there are people who remember like, yeah, you have a two-year-old. They're supposed to act like they're two. Like a 50-year-old is not supposed to act like they're two, but sometimes, it, you know, like we're supposed to not be throwing tantrums still, but it, you know, it, it's so, oh, don't you love that when you have people at mass, like who are encouraging, who remind you like, you're doing okay. Um, you you know, five-year-olds act like they're five and eight-year-olds are squirrely. And, you know, so I, I'm just always grateful for those people who remember like, like a, the age, certain behaviors are age appropriate. And because mm-hmm. um, it is hard, it is so hard, but it is absolutely worth doing. And I'm sure you guys have seen, and I know we have seen families that have kids now that are older and you're like, oh my gosh, how did you get a family like that? Like I, your kids, your kids are glorious and they're, and like glorious teenagers even. Like I just, I have so many, working in youth ministry, I'm like, I know so many amazing teenagers who are so wise beyond their years, who are lovely. And I see their family dynamic. I'm like, what did you do? You know, like what, how did you raise your children like this? And, and they have said the same thing. They're like you they're like you model you know you're modeling god's love you know that's Mm -hmm. always they're like they're like listen you put it all in god's hands and your kids are watching you and how you model god's love like they'll be fine you know (laughs) but that that starts also with receiving it because we can't give what we don't have so as you guys have brought up like we act out of our own woundedness so often yeah so where in my life do i need to stop and examine and receive God's love and recognize I can't earn it. I can't lose it. I can't be perfect to achieve it and receive it because that's out of that reservoir. God willing, we build up. It overflows to our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in the place we find ourselves podcast. It's a, he's a Christian therapist and he talks about, he's like the best thing you can do for your kids is for you to work on your own wounds. Like that's the best thing you can do. He's like, it's not about that. It's like, you are working on your own, like that wounds of rejection, abandonment, these wounds of fear, these wounds of shame. Like we, the best thing we can do as parents for our children is to work on our stuff because yeah, it's like my kids throwing a tantrum shouldn't anger me, but it does. And I'm like, why am I so angry? Like, Oh, it's because I don't feel seen. I feel unappreciated, whatever. And it's like, it's really nothing they're doing. It's like, oh, it's because I have issues that I haven't, you know, like dealt with. So I thought that was so good that he said that. And I was like, okay, the best thing I can do for my kids is to work on my woundedness to let God heal these wounds. Yeah, I, I think that that like right there of just acknowledging like that these are actually a gift to us. And I think that so much I've seen as, as we increase in children, they get older, I don't know, tantrums get harder. They like all the things that the Lord is using them as a gift to grow me in virtue, that this is truly my path to heaven. And I 
will previously admit that I have un, unrightly, like not in a pure good way, admired the religious life. Like there's like, oh, that looks so quiet and prayerful. I'm like, I want to be over there. Um, and like how the devil like takes something that is good and twists it because this is the vocation I'm called to. And yet like even just within the last week, the Lord just provided such consolation of like, you get me and your children and like rejoice in that and rejoice in the fact that you get to be my bride and also receive me in this Holy Communion and you get your husband to walk beside you in this healing process. And just this, like they are truly our gift to help us through this. And so as we're preparing them, we're also preparing our hearts. And as you like talked about those wounds, I think you know, we have maybe an, a distorted view that the confessional will bring about shame and yet um, that that is not what the confessional is supposed to bring about. And I don't know if you have any practical of how you help form your children's conscience without and like bring things to the light without telling them like, you did all of these terrible things, now go into the confessional. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think what you said earlier, like making sure we don't say you're a bad boy, you're a bad girl. We we distinguish the behavior, like we don't do that behavior, right? Like you are good and you are inherently good. And that, yeah, confession is not saying I was a bad girl. It's like I did these things. And and our, the good thing is like when you you see your kids recognize immediately that they've done something because they, they run away, right? Like they hit their brother and then they're like, ah, and they run away. <laughs> it's like you see their little consciences are being formed because they know, they know right away, kind of like when we sin, like we know right away, like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I know I shouldn't have done that. And and that so it's so beautiful. Um, and so just to remind them, like, okay, like, because our kids, it was funny when we were prepping them for their first confession, they were kind of like, what did I do? I'm perfect little human being. And like, well, and then we were kind of walking through with the little examination of like, did you ever hit your brother? And they're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was just like, and then just asking and our little, again, our deep feeler, she started crying because I, and I, I, you know, just like I. I, they kind of, I think, forget, and I forget my, I forget what I've done sometimes, like in the last, you know, few months. And, but then I recognize like, oh yeah, nope, I did that. And it, it's not to, it's not to bring shame. It's to recognize kind of like another analogy I use is like, I don't do things for Bobby because I'm afraid he's going to divorce me. I do things for him because I love him. And so often, and it's called imperfect contrition, when we confess our sins out of fear of hell versus mm -hmm. confessing our sins out of love. Like I, I do things for Bobby and I apologize because I love this man, not because I'm afraid that he's going to leave me. Like I want to repair this relationship. So again, I, I think with confession, when they have a model of this marital love to it, it, it brings it to like, oh, okay. Yeah, you say sorry to daddy, not because you're afraid or because you're bad, but because you love him so much and he loves you so much. But that, that is something to take to prayer because I was talking to someone just recently and they were, were telling me like they wanted to be good so that dad wouldn't be angry. Mm. And like, so I had to like dress perfectly. I had to get my grades done like on well. And so we can't help but attribute that to God. I'm good. So you don't get mad at me or you don't like, Punish so that's something to, yeah, that's something to pray with. Yeah. If we do recognize like, Ooh, I do kind of have that, like help me to, to 
receive your love, Lord, and know your love, that it's not about achievement or perfection or appeasing your wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about resting in your love. Um, the other thing, too, is that one of the last videos in the Renewed program, Felicity has had her confession, and she's worried, the pr- she's scared of the priest as she sees him outside the church because, like, please don't tell my parents what I did. And it's this, like, no, no, the priest can't tell, like, under penalty of like excommunication and taking your priesthood away, like it's, it's there, it's gone. And our Zaley even had the same thing. Like, will father remember after? And we're like, no, like he won't. And so you like the program and having these conversations of like, no, it's between you and Jesus in there through the priest and your mm-hmm. sin is gone. Like this, yeah. this is why it's reason to rejoice and go get ice cream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the biggest kind of theme that I've been hearing through this whole conversation is, is just encouragement. Um, it's encouraging young families to, uh, to, to hang in there, to, to keep fighting the good fight. Um, if you, if you are a family that has older kids and, and you see a young family, encourage them. I, I took my kids to Chipotle one time and our little booth looked like a rice bomb went off. <laughs> and, and as I was walking out, there was like this, this dad who just kind of leaned over and goes, he goes, hang in there. It gets better. <laughs> it meant so much to me, you know, and just like, um, or even, you know, when, um, if you, let's say like you're a grandparent, you're older and you're watching this video and you see a young family that's struggling, just go up to them after mass and just say, you have a beautiful family. Like you're doing awesome. And, and I just can't tell you how much that means, uh, when you are just in the trenches of toddlerhood. Um, and I think it's so important. So any other thoughts before we go to the lightning round? No, I think, do you guys have anything that you are like, oh, I wanted to say this <laughs> about preparing kids for the sacraments or living out this faith? I don't think so. I think I said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think you talked enough, honey. Shut up. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the lightning round. Okay. All right. First question, uh, we'll do uh, ladies first. So, uh, Jackie, who is your favorite saint? There's so many, but oh gosh, um, man, yeah, I have like ten, my top ten. Um, <laughs> I would say one. I know, I know, I know. One. It's between JP two and Saint Therese. Saint Therese, uh, she would, I'll say, she, she was number one because she was like my first after my conversion. That was like became my my BFF. So Saint Therese. Yeah, yeah, JP two, but Maximilian Colby is a very close second. Nice. Yeah. All right. Oh. and how about favorite devotion, Jackie? I, so this is, this one takes a lot of effort and I, it, it's a lot of, but the 54 day rosary novena, whoo, that I have seen miracles happen for interceding for people through the, the 54 day rosary novena, but it is like a lot of energy because you're like really intense prayer for people and interceding for people. So it's exhausting, but it's, I've seen miracles. So it's pretty, yeah. One of my faves. Yeah. I love doing the Jesus prayer. So I'll have like a rosary on me and just be following the kids around outside and just like, Lord Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And just like something you can do of like being present with your kids while also just like constantly putting yourself in the presence of God. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. Like and that Lord, Lord, bear me strength is also Lord, a, Lord bear Lord, that a one. real cry of the heart for a parent. <laughs> Psalmist, uh, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, do you guys have a favorite book recommendation or a book that you're constantly 
um, telling people they should go read. I mean, I swear I sell Dr. Bob Shoots books more than my <laughs> own. I'm telling you, like I go to, I go speak at different places and I'm like, y'all have to get Dr. Bob Shoots, be healed. Like go get his book, be healed. And I'm like selling his book more, more than I sell my own book. So yeah, be healed um, is a great contemporary book. As for like an older book, I come back to um, Carol Houselander's Read of God a lot. It's about Mary. It is such a beautiful Advent devotion. Um, Lent as well. Oh, oh, she's like a British mystic from the early 1900s. Yeah. And then anything by Fulton Sheen. Always. Yeah, I, I was going to say anything by Fulton Sheen. But Three to Get Married That's is a beautiful book for engagement, marriage, and life. Yeah. Yes. And where can people learn more about you guys and what you guys have going on? Um, so we have our website, JackieAndBobby.com. We have stuff up there, but we just started a podcast uh, called Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. It's on, it's like a YouTube podcast, but it's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where we just interview people. We love human formation. So like even if people aren't Catholic and they stumble upon a video like where we interview a Catholic psychologist or a Catholic naprosurgeon or just talking about really human, we love human formation. And the goal is like anyone could watch this because you're human. It makes sense. Like you're like, yeah, I get this. And I'm not even religious, you know? Um, so we just started that podcast and then both of us are on Instagram, but I'm not on a lot. Cause yeah, it's, it just depends. Sometimes we're like, forget it all, tear it, burn it all down. And then other times I'm like, yay. So um, I'm at Jackie Jackie Francois, and then you're at Bobby Dot Angel. Yeah, and um, we're still blessed to be doing work with Ascension Press, so mm -hmm. we're on on YouTube, as well as this program renewed and received. You can go to ascensionpress.com/rr and learn more about it. And it's a beautiful resource if you're a parent and you feel like I don't really know how to form my kids, or I want to supplement their formation for the sacraments. Check it out. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. This has been so amazing. Thank you guys for coming on the show for all of our listeners. Uh, we'll leave links in the description so you can check out all of those books and especially uh, Ascension's new programs that they have for preparing your children for the sacraments. So for uh, those of you listening, again, I just hope that this is your link to living the faith like never before. We are praying for you. Take care until next time and God bless. 